0: Relevant Radio is listener-supported radio. Give from the heart. Give from the heart. To the radio station that supports you heart and soul. This is the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart.
1: Wake Up America! It's Monday, February 6th. Good morning. Welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air on the Memorial of the Martyr, St. Paul Miki, and his Japanese companions. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverens and our studio producer, Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us across America and beyond on this Monday morning as uh, we are underway. We are continuing with day one of our Give from the Heart Winter Pledge Drive. I want you uh, to keep in mind, I want to remind you, uh, Relevant Radio listeners, that we truly are a spiritual family. We're made up of each and every one of you that is listening here this morning, and we cannot do it without you. We cannot exist without you. All week long, we're going to be asking you to support our mission of bringing Christ to the world through the media. So we need your help, and we want to try to get off to a good start here on day one. Now, for you football fans uh, that are gearing up for Super Bowl 57 uh, this Sunday between the Eagles and the Chiefs, well, this is our Relevant Radio's Super Bowl week. This is a big week for us, and so, again, we need your help. Uh, We want to try to get into uh, the spiritual end zone just to keep going for the next three months. My hero and co-patron of Relevant Radio, Pope St. John Paul II, once said, it's not enough to know Christ. We must introduce him to others, which is exactly what we try to do every single day here on Morning Air and on Relevant Radio. It's all about Jesus. That's what we're all about. So, we start every hour during the Pledge Drive week with the powerful Memorari prayer, invoking the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, to help us with our Pledge Drive. And we always continue to pray for an end to abortion in our nation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn, and patroness of Relevant Radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit every single morning when we pray, Come, Holy Spirit, come. We pray every morning. We always pray, Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. want to bring in our Morning Air team once again, Glenn and Sarah. What are some of the big stories, Glenn, that are making headlines here this hour here on this uh, day one of our Pledge Drive?
2: Oh, just some heartbreaking uh, pictures coming out of Turkey. A big, big earthquake and big, big aftershock near the border with Turkey, uh, southern Turkey and, and northern Turkey. Uh... Syria, uh, over 1,300 dead at this point, Uh, many thousands more injured. Uh, Both of those tolls will go higher. There's video of buildings collapsing. You can see them uh, collapsing from start to finish, people being carried out, uh, young children, people on stretchers with neck braces, a lot of destruction there. That area, uh, like four different fault lines come together, uh, earthquakes through the years in Turkey, but another really tough one right now. So that area of the world definitely dealing with that. The the U.S., uh, Aiming for some help as well, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says the president has directed U.S. aid to assess all the response options again. That big earthquake in Turkey, uh, as well as the fallout continues over the shooting down of the Chinese spy balloon over the U.S. That happened Saturday afternoon, just as it uh, passed Myrtle Beach, got out over the ocean, and F-22 took it down with a missile. And now the the race is on to collect uh, what fell into the ocean from that balloon before anyone other than the U.S. government can get to that the navy has set up a bit of a cordoned off area as that search continues not wanting the chinese to try and retrieve any of what they claim is a uh, weather balloon and they're saying that they can choose to respond now after uh, we have done that but uh, american airspace violated but violated a lot earlier in the week john a lot of folks wondering why we didn't shoot it down when we saw it over alaska that's sparsely populated why we didn't shoot it down when we Tracked over Canada, that's sparsely populated, and then waiting uh, in the U.S. The president saying he made that call on Wednesday, but waiting till it was safely over the ocean, but still in uh, U.S. territorial waters. So that's the latest there. Uh, several politicians have made this uh, a political uh, football as well, uh, knocking around uh, what to do. Uh, many Republicans uh, calling it incompetent that it took so long to, to shoot it down as well, John.
1: And all of that, uh, why while China is accusing the U.S. of, uh, quote, indiscriminate use of force over the balloon. So uh, that uh, situation, that story will continue here uh, in the upcoming days. Uh, Meanwhile, the Chiefs and Eagles uh, arrived in Phoenix for Super Bowl 57. Big media event uh, tonight uh, for all the members of the international media, uh, to be able to talk to the players. Uh, but the, the, the story yesterday was somewhat of a, of a fun uh, story as, uh, your guy Vikings quarterback, Kirk cousins <laughs> uh, of the NFC beat the AFC 35 33 in the pro bowl. Uh, the final flag football game, uh, was, uh, the way in which cousins uh, came through there in the fourth quarter, uh, coach Eli Manning and cousins, uh, Spoke uh, jubilantly uh, to ABC afterwards.
3: I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. It's a big win. Fired up for these guys. I told Kirk the other day, I said, hey, you're the starter in this game. You can go first. You You're pretty good in the fourth quarter of this season. You know, if we're down a little bit, I'd like for you to be the guy. And sure enough, we're down and he led us a victory. No doubt. Kirk Cousins, eight game-winning drives this year in the fourth quarter. And you come back from behind and lead your team to victory. How you feel about that, my guy?
1: Yeah, Griff, it was a lot of fun. It's just so fun to talk ball with these guys. We all kind of speak the same language at the end of the day. And I went against Eli. You went against Eli. So many years and so it's fun to have him on your side now and that same calm demeanor that i would see across the field when we played him still has as a head coach your guy cousins glenn he shined in <laughs> the new formatted uh pro bowl saves his best game of the year
2: for the flag football game gotta love it
1: gotta uh, love it yeah you gotta love it uh more football chatter as uh, we uh, continue thanks again glenn sure thing john Uh, We're going to take a a short uh, time out when Morning Air continues. Our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, is going to be with us to continue uh, a new series on morality, uh, virtue, and freedom. This morning, we're going to focus on the morality of the passions. So stay with us. We are just warming up. There's much more to come on Morning Air after a word from Relevant Radio CEO, Father Rocky.
0: This is Morning Air, your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning.
1: I'm fully awake. Are you waking up? Welcome back to Morning Air. As uh, we continue with day one of our Relevant Radio, Give From the Heart Winter Pledge Drive. I'm John Morales, along with uh, Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us. It's great to be with you here on this Monday morning uh, for the start of Relevant Radio's Super Bowl week, uh, our Winter Pledge Drive. This really is a, a big uh, week for us, so we need your help. We need you to open your heart and give from the heart. Now, you can find us on Twitter, at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook, our email. Email morningair at relevantradio.com. And if you want to be part of the program this morning, 888 Now, uh, we're going to continue a new series on morality, virtue, and freedom with our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters. We're going to focus on the morality of the passions. Joining us live to discuss feelings and what they can contribute to the moral life is our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, the pastor of St. Isaac Jogues Parish in Hinsdale, Illinois, the Chicago Cubs Catholic chaplain known as the Baseball Priest, and a longtime Morning Air contributor. Good morning, Father Burke. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again here on day one uh, of our Winter Pledge Drive.
3: Yeah, it's good to be with you too, John, and uh, yeah, blessings to Relevant Radio this week. Uh, You do so much good for uh, building up the church uh, in this country and and beyond, so I just really want to encourage our our listeners to be generous. I'm a financial supporter of Relevant Radio myself because I believe so much in the mission and uh, the great things that you're doing.
1: Well, God bless you, Father Burke. Uh, when not only are you contributing financially, but you contribute spiritually with your uh, d- direction uh, every Monday. Uh, you, you help us uh, to be closer to our Lord uh, week in and week out. And, you know, you've been doing this for, for a, a while, for some time. And you have seen firsthand the power of Relevant Radio for making a, a difference for time and for eternity. Why should our listeners support uh, the mission of Relevant Radio?
3: I just think uh, with uh, evangelization the new evangelization has to include uh, the media whether it's social media radio television um, there's a powerful message out there uh, in the media that is against God and against the church and so we need to have a voice in in that and uh, and so anecdotally I've heard so many people say, boy, listening to relevant radio has either brought me back to the church or brought me into the church people might stumble upon it uh, on the radio and they they can't they can't stop listening because you know what you're doing is you're offering what is true good and beautiful and uh, our hearts know when when it hears what is true good and beautiful and it's drawn to it because that's God we're made for God and by God and, and so what you're doing is you're 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 giving people uh, a healthy fully alternative to everything else that's out there on the radio.
1: It's uh, so amazing that you just brought up uh, that verse from St. Paul in Philippians 4.8, uh, what is true, good, and beautiful. When you consider all the junk, I mean, it is absolutely amazing some of the shows that are out there that are just filling people with just a, a, just a lot of garbage compared to what they hear every day here uh, on Relevant Radio, you know, bringing Christ to the world through the media.
3: It is. I, I used to be kind of—I wouldn't say addicted, but just you know—I'd be just a channel surfer, both on the radio and TV, and just kind of out there looking for something. And and after watching some things and hearing some things, you just feel terrible, you know, it's just not uplifting the soul. Um, but when you listen to Relevant Radio, uh, you know, every time I listen to it, it, it lifts my soul it, towards God, which is you know what things should do, and so. Uh, I just really want to encourage people not only to listen but to but to support because it's all um, you know listener-supported radio. So thank you all for what you do. It's it's a great help to us as as priests to uh, you know if we're all working together, uh, priest and lady, to build up you know God's kingdom here on earth. That's where you find that um, that movement uh, bringing people back to God, which is our ultimate goal. Our as we've talked about in. Uh, this session on morality, you know, our, our vocation is to beatitude, which is union with Christ. Our, our true happiness comes the more we grow in our relationship with Christ, and you're helping, you're helping us do that on Relevant Radio.
1: Well, it's a tremendous series, what we're, we've been doing here for a number of weeks on morality, uh, virtue, and freedom. Uh, can you talk about uh, the passions uh, according to what the Catechism of the Catholic Church uh, has to say?
3: Sure. This is a a really important, uh, session because so a little review, what we've been talking about are, um, you know, human beings, we have an intellect and a will, you know, our intellect is what, uh, you know, presents to us what is true, good, and beautiful. And our will is kind of that, that strength that moves us toward doing the true good and beautiful. But we also have our passions. The catechism uh, I call them feelings or passions. They're emotions or movements uh, of this sensitive appetite that incline us to act or not to act. So a simple example would be um, maybe Sunday morning you wake up and you're you're tired and your appetite or feelings or emotions might say, boy, I I don't really feel like going to church today. (laughs) Um, But your intellect, if it's been formed well, is going to say, I know that going to church is going to move me closer to God. I know this is a good thing. And then our will, if it's, uh, you know, strengthened by God's grace, will say, gosh, even though I don't feel like going, even though my, my passion, my appetite says I don't want to go, I still get up and go. And and when I leave church, I, I feel better because I, I, I made a decision, a good decision to grow closer to God. Um, so that's a, I think a real everyday example where these passions, you know, the passions are not always talking about sexual passions. It's any kind of appetite, any kind of feeling. It might be as mundane as I love pizza. <laughs> I've got this strong desire for pizza, but maybe uh in my diet that I'm eating, this isn't good for me. And so the the appetite says I want pizza, but my my intellect is saying in my will, gosh, maybe I should have a piece of fish and vegetables so these uh when when we make good moral decisions and we're everything's moving like a, every part of a car engine is working well together to move the car forward when our our, our passions are are working underneath uh, an informed uh intellect and conscience and our will is strengthened and we are able to choose uh what is true good and beautiful
1: Father Burke, those are great examples. I I love pizza. I also love uh, watching MLB Network. You know, I'm a big baseball fan, but you know, I'll tell you, you talk about controlling one's passions. I know when it's time to turn off MLB, grab my uh, imitation of Christ Thomas O'Kempis and spend, uh, you know, five minutes uh, just meditating and reading something spiritual before bedtime instead of, uh, you know, watching endless highlights on MLB Network.
3: Yeah, it's it. There's such uh, normal everyday uh, decisions, right? I, I go through that as well. But sometimes I, I know, and and what we're not saying is pizza is bad or MLB Network is bad, not at all. But what is what is best for me? And so we do need to relax. We we can we need to eat things that are are fun sometimes. But the, these passions, if we allow the passions just to run, and we don't guide them with a, an informed intellect and a and a strengthened will then we just kind of go, you know, willy-nilly through life without, you know, growing closer to God. And so the intellect and will are meant to kind of tame the passions, moving in a direction that, okay, is this decision that I'm making right now leading me closer to God or away from God? So, hopefully, hopefully people are hearing this and not saying, gosh, I have to, you know, frenetically think about all these things every time, but no. just you know, maybe just stop and think and pause and say, okay, what's the best thing that I can do right now? As Matthew Kelly calls them, holy moments. One moment at a time, choosing the true, good, and beautiful leads me one step, one small step closer to Christ.
1: And so uh, our feelings really do have something to do with the moral life.
3: They do. They do. And uh, and sometimes, you know, the feeling is, is right on there you know, so hopefully as you develop, you know, your intellect and will, uh, you know, your feelings start following this kind of naturally, uh, what is true, good, and beautiful. And this is what it means to live a virtuous life is that virtue builds upon, upon virtue. That's why, you know, in Lent coming up in, in a couple of weeks, we're going to practice the, um, the art of fasting and what that fasting is meant to do is to, to tame the passions, So to, so to think about. Maybe what are what's a, what's a passion, a desire, a feeling in my life that may be untamed, that may be kind of out of control, and that's where you might want to focus your energy this Lent to say, okay, I know this this whatever is going on in my life here, it's it's not leading me closer to God, so I'm going to try to fast from this and replace it with something that is going to lead me closer to God. As you said, reading imitation of Christ or spending Ten more minutes in prayer, or going to confession—you know, once a month, uh, going to mass one more time during the week. These these little things that build up into um, really moving us in a in a, a very positive holy direction.
1: Uh, Father Burke, uh, less than a minute to go. Maybe the question for us to ask ourselves is, what do I love? That is a big question.
3: It is. Uh, so it's, it's very important to uh recognize that uh, St. Saint Saint Augustine is, is quoted in writing about passions are evil if love is evil and good if it is good. So in pursuing a holy life, do um, you love to pray? Again, this is moving us toward um, this virtuous life. The more I practice good things and the more I realize, wow, this is this really not only leading me closer to Christ, but I'm also experiencing this inner peace and joy. Uh, I start to love the things that God loves, and that is uh, just a, an incredible place to be. And that's it's not e- an easy place to be, but uh, you know, as an as an athlete, I had to I had to uh, practice you know baseball in such a way that eventually this just became a natural part of my life. The same in the spiritual life, this taming of the passions leads us into practicing our faith in a in a beautiful way.
1: Father Burke, as always, so much appreciated. Uh, Really enjoy uh, you being with us here this morning. Thanks so much.
3: Thank you. God bless you.
1: We need to take a short break. We'll be right back.
2: This is the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge
3: Drive.
1: Give from the heart.
3: Give from the heart.
1: And welcome back to Morning Air as we continue with day one of our Relevant Radio, Give from the Heart winner, Pledge Drive. This is our number two. We are well underway here this morning. We need your help. I've often said it's not where you start. It's where you finish, just like in sports but we want to get off to a good start. I want to be able to hand over the baton to our good friend Patrick Madrid at the end of this hour uh, and uh, be able to uh, to hand him uh, a good uh, showing by our Morning Air audience here this morning. So I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks for, for tuning in on this Monday. Thanks for making us a part of your morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We can't do it without you. Our Power Scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may attain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable wreath. The Apostle St. Paul reminds us that the spiritual life is like an athletic contest or a sporting event using the language of sports. NFL players fight and prepare to win a crown like the Chiefs and the Eagles in the upcoming Super Bowl 57 looking to capture the Lombardi trophy. But as spiritual athletes for Christ, our goal is the crown of eternal life, an incorruptible crown with our Lord Jesus Christ, our Blessed Mother Mary, St. Joseph, and all the angels and saints in heaven for all eternity. And I want to encourage you this morning to run the race of life and run to win with our Lord Jesus Christ. And we always pray with great confidence that prayer that Drew Mariani prays every day in the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. Want to switch gears and talk about defending our Catholic faith, basic apologetics. We need to be able to give reasonable answers for what we believe and why we believe it, as 1 Peter 3.15 teaches us. This morning, we're going to answer some interesting questions questions and objections that some folks have about our Catholic faith. Questions like, uh, why do you call our Blessed Mother Mary full of grace in the Hail Mary prayer? Or why do Catholic Bibles have less books in our canon than our Orthodox uh, brothers and sisters? And why do Catholics venerate icons and images when some church fathers, even one council, condemned it? Well, We are going to tackle these questions and more. Joining us live is our resident Catholic apologist and convert, William Albrecht, uh, for much more on some of these uh, questions and objections about the Catholic faith. We're taking your calls at 888-914-9149. If you have a question about the catholic faith for our resident apologist uh, William Albrecht. William is an international speaker and debater. He's participated in well over 65 live and moderated debates. He runs a website called patristicpillars.com dedicated to the early church fathers and he is the author of several books including the definitive guide to solving biblical questions about Mary and the secret history of transubstantiation. Good morning, Brother William. Thanks so much for joining us once again. Great to be with you here on day one of our Winter Pledge Drive.
0: And what an important pledge drive, Brother. Thrilled to really be here with you. I'm really thrilled to uh, call to to all of our brothers and sisters that are edified by this kind of material to realize that we really, really rely on their generous support during this time. And it really is the way to get the message out to people out there that perhaps don't know enough about the Catholic faith, or on the fence, or are close to coming in to Holy Mother Church. It's a great, great way to get the word out. Just thrilled to be here with you today, brother.
1: And William, as a uh, Catholic convert, as as a former former Protestant, you understand uh, firsthand uh, the difference between Relevant Radio and the authentic Catholic perspective that we bring. And with all due respect to all the other Christian radio networks and stations out there, what what is lacking with uh, with their presentations?
0: What a massive and important point you bring up there, brother. There is a big difference, because here at Relevant Radio, I can tell you one thing, brother. Many years back when I was entering into the Catholic Church, I wish there was a Relevant Radio. It was a lot tougher to find all of this information out there. But here at Relevant Radio, for people that want to learn not just the Catholic faith, but their authentic Catholic faith, and the way to defend and practice and live out that Catholic faith, they've got everything here laid out for them at Relevant Radio. So, Please, we ask you to support from the the bottom of our hearts. Really, this is the way we get the word out, and it is essential. And we really love everybody from the bottom of our hearts.
1: Well, William, we really appreciate uh, your participation here on Morning Air. You are our resident apologist. And let's let's dive into our first uh, interesting question. The question is, why do Catholics believe calling Mary full of grace bestows a unique grace upon her uh, if Stephen is also described as full of grace in the Bible, and Catholics don't believe that he was
0: sinless? That is a really good question. So it is one that does come up every now and then. It seems to be one where— Protestants will recognize that uh, we do read of the text of Stephen being called full of grace before actually right at his martyrdom. The thing being here is that we draw a very big distinction there. Now, there are different Greek words used for St. Stephen and for Mary, but Mary's full of grace, her filling of grace, was drastically different. Indeed, even before the angel Gabriel appears to her, she's called full of grace, hail full of grace. But the Greek is so significant because the exact Greek, the root word, is found in Ephesians 1. And it's talking about that grace that was lost at the foundation of the world, at the fall, Well, Mary is in full possession of that all-holy and all-sinless kind of grace. There's a very big difference.
1: There is a huge difference between being full of grace and being highly favored as St. Stephen was. Obviously, he, he also had grace, but not to the plenitude, not full of grace. And that's why uh, we understand the Blessed Mother as the Immaculate Conception. There's many, many other questions out there. We want to um, uh, tackle some of them here this morning. If you have a question for uh, Catholic Apologist William Albrecht, you can give us a call, 888 We need to take uh, a short uh, break as we continue our discussion uh, with uh, William. Stay with us. There is much more to come on Morning Air after this Relevant Radio Miracle
0: Moment. Here's another Relevant Radio Miracle Moment. Latasha, glad to have you calling into the inner life. You're on the air with Father Matthew.
3: Um, I was wondering if you could um, give me advice on the steps I would need to take to join the Lord's Church.
2: The first step is really to learn what the church teaches, what Jesus teaches us through the church. And I think you're already on that path. If you're listening to Relevant Radio, you're already just soaking up what we believe is Catholics. Learning um, so much in the last couple months when I found you guys. Let me tell you this, Natasha, we're going to be praying for you. I know all of our mm-hmm. listeners, when we hear about people wanting to become Catholic, we become overjoyed. So we'll be praying for that process for you. And I so appreciate that. I'll pray for you guys as well, because you've really, really made a difference in my life already. Um, and it's, like I said, it's only been a couple months.
0: Touch a heart and change a soul by making a donation to Relevant Radio today. This is Morning Air, your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
1: I was feeling so bad. Feeling good here this morning. Welcome back to Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm John Morales. Thanks for joining us as we continue our uplifting conversation with our Regular contributor, uh, Catholic apologist, and convert William Albrecht were tackling uh, some uh, questions and objections that people have about our Catholic faith. Uh, so little time, so many questions. Uh, William, uh, I want to just dive into just a- another question that uh, has to do with the fact that our Eastern Orthodox and Oriental Orthodox churches are, they're all valid apostolic churches, uh, and yet their canon of scripture not only differs from ours, but their Bibles are a- a- a quite thicker.
0: Yeah, that is a really good question, uh, brother, because it will come up and then people will say, our evangelical friends will say, well, all right, Catholics, so maybe you've got a point against us, but how do you deal with the fact that the other Bibles are thicker, they've got more Bible, they've got more books? Well, quite plainly, to, be, to give a really quick and, and really simple answer, a lot of those churches utilize other books, but they're very careful to call them ecclesiastical and valuable, meaning They can be utilized to teach truth from them, but a lot of these churches don't elevate them to the status of Scripture. So, for instance, we don't have the third book of Maccabees in our Bible, and a lot of their Bibles do have them, but if you talk to some of their scholars, they'll be very clear, and they'll say, well, yeah, but we don't consider them to be canonical, like one and two Maccabees, but we do view them as being ecclesiastical, meaning we can get catechetical value from them. So, at the end of the day, we realize that From the very beginning, when churches gathered at council to decide which books were part of the Bible, those are the books that the Catholic Church has in their Bible and has had from the beginning when the church gathered at council to recognize which ones were utilized by the apostolic churches. you got to get a Catholic Bible in the end.
1: And it really comes down to uh, by what authority. Obviously, uh, the Catholic Church, uh, with all of its bishops and the Holy Father United back in the the Council of of Hippo, decided that these were the books of the Old and the New Testament. So the authority spoke for the Holy Spirit, uh, spoke for the church. And some of these uh, other uh, churches don't have that same authority. They haven't had a council in
0: centuries. You get, you bring up a great point there, brother. And we would add if people say, well, you know, well they don't recognize, uh, you know, those councils. We want to point one thing out, uh, and with with, uh, with all charity and love. But when these councils gathered to recognize these books, sacred scripture, the church was united. This was before our Orthodox brothers broke off, and we believe that uh, they are in schism. They broke off from us, and they at one point they recognized the head of the church being the visible head, our successor to St. Peter. At, At its heart and core, brother, it is a thing of authority, but it's biblically based because the Catholic Church gathers all of her authority directly from the words of our Lord that appear in Scripture.
1: All right, William, uh, again, we're, we're getting peppered uh, with text and, and yet more questions. Um, another interesting question about our faith. If Christ was Almighty God, why does he not know the day or the hour, which is kind of related uh, to a, uh, a question from a caller that couldn't stay on the line and wanted to know what the Catholic Church teaches about the rapture. So th-
0: there is a connection there. Yeah, that is a great question, because people will get a little bit confused, and they'll go to the Gospel of St. John, and we'll read about the fact that uh, the Son doesn't know the hour, nor the Son, nor the angels, but only the Father in heaven, and people will get confused and say, well, look, an attribute of Almighty God is knowing everything, is having all knowledge, is omniscience. But the thing is, the answer is right there in the context, because we'll read that Christ is telling the apostles that he has to return, but where is he going to return to? He says in the very Gospel of St. John, he's going to return to glory. And then he says, the glory that he had before the foundation of the world. So he's talking about the limits that are put on his human nature, because as the Bible points out, and as the Church has taught from the very beginning, our Lord and Savior Christ has a human and a divine nature And in the human nature, it was limited and lacking in this precision and knowledge. But as he says, he will return to that glory that he had before the world was even created. And we realize once he does return to the right hand of the Father, we read that he is all-knowing and he can read our hearts and thoughts in the book of Revelation. So, as we've said from the beginning, brothers, the Bible, it's a Catholic book. And it all makes sense once you read it in context. And that's what we do here at Relevant Radio. We try to break things down in an easier way so that the audience can get Catholic Catholic rich teaching and they can learn their faith.
1: Okay. Moving right along, we have time for yet another question that comes from some of our Protestant uh, Christian brothers and sisters. Why do Catholics venerate and honor icons and images if one of the earliest church councils in history, like the Council of Elvira in the 300s, condemned images and multiple fathers like uh, Epiphanius and Eusebius also condemned images in the church? We got about two minutes. Uh, What do you say?
0: That's a great question, brother. And you, you, here's the interesting thing. These church fathers that you bring up, Epiphanius and Eusebius, there is a claim that they condemned images in churches. But the problem is that those are documents that have long been proven to be forgeries. In fact, those documents don't exist in any of the original corpus of writings of those early church fathers. They are forged. And as far as the Council of, of Elvira, we frequently hear this brought up that there's a council in the year 304 or 308 that condemned images because Canon 36 of a virus says no pictures in churches. It, it flat out says that. But the problem with that, again, is we're dealing with forgeries. This council n- said no such thing. There's no record it ever said it. And all of these spurious and forged documents, guess when they appeared? They appeared in the 8th century, 8th century, when they were iconoclasts. That means people condemning images. These are forgeries, and the church venerates and honors icons because it is biblically based. It's all over the Old Testament, and our faith is a Bible-based and a sacred tradition-based faith, brother.
1: Well, you, as always, hit it out of the park, Uh, William. Really appreciate uh, your perspective, uh, and you always have a good, reasonable, and logical Catholic answer for many of these questions. As uh, uh, our first Holy Father, uh, St. Peter, writes in in 1 Peter 3.15, we must always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies uh, within us. Thanks so much, uh, once again, uh, William Albrecht, uh, for being with us.
0: Thank you for having me. I look forward to being back. And I hope everybody is edified, and from the bottom of their hearts, we hope that they give charitably to their Catholic radio.
1: Thanks so much. Uh, And now it is time for yet another episode of Glenn Story Court.
2: Our story today, very appropriate for our Winter Pledge Drive. This is The Time to Give from Daniel Loy. Marquis de Lafayette was a French officer who provided invaluable assistance to George Washington and the struggling American army. After the Revolutionary War was over, he returned to France and resumed his life as a farmer of many estates. In 1783, the harvest was a terrible one and there were many who suffered as a result. Lafayette's farms were unaffected by the devastating crop failures. One of his workers offered what seemed to be good advice to Lafayette, the bad harvest has raised the price of wheat, he said, this is the time to sell. After thinking about the hungry peasants in the surrounding villages, Lafayette disagreed and said, no, this is the time to give. God blesses us not just for our own benefit, but also that we may be a blessing to others in need. The tendency to hoard and try and build up more and more is a dangerous one. The best antidote to greed is to be a generous giver. There's certainly no shortage of people in need today, and while we cannot meet every need we do what we can, God will multiply resources so that it is enough. 1 Timothy six seventeen through 19 says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of
1: that which is truly life. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn, here in this month of February. Let's open our hearts and honor the Mother of God by praying the family rosary across America with Father Rocky, 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Remember, as Father Rocky says, the family that prays together stays together. Stay with us. Much more of the Relevant Radio Give from the heart winner. Pledge Drive uh, is straight ahead in a moment. The Patrick Madrid Show will be coming up shortly at the top of the hour. Again, stay with us, folks.